Hi, wildlings. Welcome to the first episode of our winter season of Wildly Tarot Podcast. Holly and I have missed you so much, and we are so excited to start off this season with the creators of Song of the Grandmother Oracle, Kara and Mari. They've both been on our show before with their own personal projects, but now they've combined their superpowers together to bring this amazing Oracle deck filled with um, things from nature and animals and even a few uh, destructive elements. So we can't wait for you to hear our interview with them and just getting to know them again and catching up with them after all that we've been through over the past year. So buckle up and enjoy the show. We love you so much. talk about this awesome deck now we're fully recording um because I think that it's kind of we've had this unintentional theme this fall of ancestral work and the idea Mm. of what ancestors mean and so we're so excited to be talking about this deck that's sort of named in honor of that kind of idea and we want to hear all about it but I guess first off in the intro to your guidebook you say that you created this before you even created Prairie Majesty Oracle. So this has been in the works for a while. Yeah. I mean, it it was an early version. This is expanded. There's, I think, at least 22 new grandmothers. And there are a couple that shifted identity or their theme sort of became more clear to me. But I originally made the Grandmother's Oracle in 2017 with photos. It was my very first deck. It was not going to be like something I shared with anybody. It was just going to be for me because I'm an attorney and I was kind of I was in the closet about a lot of this stuff. I would literally pull cards in the closet when we would go to visit relatives because I was so (laughs) private about this practice. And so the grandmothers have gifted me many things, but one of them was helping me to share what I'm doing. And it really opened a lot for me. Even just to have like a framework for having conversations about like what you actually need. (laughs) It's kind of nice. So you created it originally without any intention of sharing it, but then obviously that switched. And was that switch because you felt more empowered or because you found an artist that you wanted to work with? <laughs> um, well, I mean, and I, I did, I, I should clarify when I first made the deck in 2017, um, it came through very quickly. I used photos and I did a very small print run. I did announce oh. it on Facebook and I sold, you know, maybe a few hundred copies total over the years to mostly family and friends, people that know me locally. Um, but what shifted for me to even get me to post it on Facebook was actually this, I was stopped at a stoplight on my way home from my law job. And I had been thinking Mm -hmm. about all of this. And I felt this voice saying to me, who are you to judge how other people would react to this? My fear of how they would judge me was me like assuming that they wouldn't be open-minded. And so it's been really supportive and incredible to connect with a lot of people that are very open to all of this. I mean, when I do card readings locally now, I get a lot of professionals. I get other attorneys, people from my office come and it's been pretty cool to just see how people are a lot more open about all of it now. I feel like that's something that we can all sort of relate to is like the more that we talk about, I mean, even like when we started doing the podcast, I wasn't really telling anyone in my actual life that we were doing this kind of for the same Mm -hmm. reason, thinking like people will be like, what? Like, okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. Like wacky Holly, whatever. And then when I <laughs> did start telling people about it, I had the similar reaction of like all sorts of people from my life being like, oh, I really am interested in this too. So it's yeah. cool to see how much stuff can feel like conversational and open once you allow it to be. And obviously people's safety can vary, but mm-hmm. even Esther, who is from a family who she, she expected to be very reactionary and even cruel about it. It's like at the very worst, it's not talked about at the best. They're proud of her. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So So, that's always fun. So then, uh, so you, we obviously were participated in your Kickstarter for, uh, uh, Prairie Majesty. We got to chat with you and Amy about that awesome deck and in your guidebook for song of the grandmothers, you talk about how you and Mari connected through the Kickstarter process. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, I feel like I'm probably just one of many who was fangirling when I first discovered 
Marty's beautiful art and just yeah. the way that she <laughs> puts her heart out into everything that she makes. And so I was just like, I wasn't stalking her, but I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know this person, you know, cause yeah. I just felt such resonance. And, um, as she was, I believe that we connected right around the time she was starting her Kickstarter. Yeah. And no, I feel like both of like, both of us were kind of just like figuring out, just creating and writing our first Kickstarters. Yeah. yeah. And we Which- were very... Oh, go ahead. That could just be such like a daunting process. So if you feel like you can find some kinship and somebody else going through it too, that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. a godsend. I mean, we connected with a couple of other creators that were launching decks at that time. And I don't know how I would have done the Kickstarter without that group of resources and all of us sort of figuring things out and sharing it. And through the process of that, Marty and I became friends and um, I'd been thinking for quite a while, gosh, I would really like to revisit this grandmother's project and have original art. Seeing all of Amy's art for Prairie really opened me up to how much that makes a difference when Mm -hmm. people are using the cards. And so um, I think it took me until, I think it was the beginning of 2021 when I was like, hey, you want to chat about this project? Would you be open to (laughs) illustrating it? And I couldn't believe she said yes, because it's such a, (laughs) it's such an honor to get to work with her. Yeah. Well, it's like an equally I'm telling you, working with Kara is just, I don't know. I feel I've never been so inspired and it's like continually, like it never ends. Like it's just like blown away. That's awesome. Thank you. That's so amazing. I love hearing that. So when you like originally you had the grandmother names, what was sort of the order of like the process for coming up with the items you wanted to include or the things you wanted to include? the keywords. And then each card also has like a fantastic poem on the bottom of it too. So it's just so much information on the card itself. And I'm so curious about the thought, the process that goes into creating all of those different components. And then also, is it something that you passed like whole, wholly over to Mari to then do the artwork for, or was there like collaboration there? (laughs) Sure. Well, very similar to creating the Prairie deck. I feel like it's just revealed to me in pieces that I, I love structure and organization, but it's not me. Like I'm a participant in creating all of this. I'm the human on the ground, Yeah, you know, but I feel like, um, when I did the original deck, it had four categories. So self-love, um, harmony, growth, and possibility. And I didn't see those until I was nearly done with the deck. And one night I was just playing with index cards to sort of make sure one of my pet peeves with decks Um, especially Oracle is if all the cards kind of mush together and they all sort of say the same thing. And so it's really important to me that each card has a distinct separate kind of message. And as Mm -hmm. I was grouping them to see, do these ones, are they distinct enough? And then I realized, oh, they've, they make sense in categories and here's the categories. Yeah. And so when I first talked to Marty, um, I was planning five categories. There was I, again, it wasn't me, but I felt this crocodile waddling next to me and kind of just grinning at me with her giant mouth of teeth. And it was kind of terrifying. And I was, I was a little bit nervous to find out why she was stalking me. But when I finally connected with her, um, she helped me release this huge fear that's related to one of my kids. And then she was like, I'm an ambassador for this new category called the destruction grandmothers. I love that. Yeah. And I loved how my personal experience of letting go of this fear to do with dying was very related to what she wanted to help all of us with this idea that destruction is just as natural as birth, as creation, our bodies are designed to die. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen to all of us. And so the destruction grandmothers are really wanting to help us be more neutral about destruction, the same way we are with the flip side of the coin. And so when I first talked to Marty, I was like, okay, there's going to be 55 cards and this is what it is. And then a few months later, I was like, um, by the way, I think there's another category. <laughs> Is that okay? I, I'm not done very yet. gracious. <laughs> yeah. So well, was, wasn't it 44? Well, oh, maybe when I first talked to you, it was only 44. I don't even remember. Don't but know. now it's 66. It was like a 20 card like jump. Like. <laughs> yeah, she was very kind to me. <laughs> yeah, a significant <laughs> increase. But it's kind of even like understanding the structure of the cards, it seems like unfathomable to not include the service and destruction, especially destruction. Like we have all these cycles in so many card, Mm -hmm. like cardamancy methods. And I think that people don't expect that from Oracle cards, but if there's one thing that we've learned Mm -hmm. from loving Oracle cards and also doing the podcast is that like there 
are lots of Oracle decks that incorporate the more difficult subjects that people don't necessarily feel right off the bat comfortable with exploring. And I think right. that adding service is so cool because that's such an external thing. And then adding destruction is a, going back to sort of a universal experience. And it just makes sense and adds so much more depth and turns it from something that's like a really, really beautiful uplifting deck to something that you can really dig even deeper with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm so happy. That's how it feels to you, because that's always something that I worry about is I, I want to be able to meet someone when they're in those really difficult moments that I also experience. And I want to yeah. offer a hand that says, yes, I can witness and validate that you're going through something hard. It's not <laughs> yeah. just going to be a superficial bandaid that I'm offering you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of the, also the beauty of the art and the just Marty's style of doing art is that like using such beautiful imagery and also the like truly beautiful poems that you in include. And obviously the extensive, like we we're such gigantic fans of guidebooks that have like yes. so much information. Like I want all of your thoughts. I want all of this information. And I just feel like there's so much in there that it just, it balances it really well. And so it still feels super approachable and beautiful. And like people are attracted to it because it's so mm -hmm. gorgeous. And then it also then can have the harder stuff that you can use to like dig in deeper with your own stuff. And even just like the use of grandmother. And you talk about this a little bit yeah. in your introduction about how you were not raised with like grandmotherly figures. I think a lot of, we've talked so much this past season of the podcast about ancestral work and stuff like that. And I do think that people feel nervous about starting that if they're in similar shoes to the way that you sort of grew up and kind of not feeling like your actual literal grandmothers were safe people who you could trust and go to about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. So it's just so nice to have this sort of like holistic idea of grandmother energy rather than like, right. And then it allows you to be more flexible in like what your ex like exploration of what grandmother means. I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. I'm having a hard time conveying my meaning, <laughs> I think, but I just think it's like so beautiful and also so like touchingly beautiful. Like it's both yeah. literally and also figuratively beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. How did you decide on the grandmother archetype? Did it like first reveal itself as like the grandmother or did it just kind of first come across as like a feminine energy you had to explore on your own? Sure. Well, it came to me in a variety of ways. When I very first created the original deck, there were a number of grandmother figures that I had been connecting with since I was a child, different plants or trees or animals that just, I felt like I already understood their energy and I knew their identity as a, like a metaphysical theme. And then as I started working with that very first deck, there were some that would just come through. It felt like I was going through the process of whatever it was they needed to teach me so that they could show up. Like I had to integrate it first in order to mm. have them reveal themselves. And then it was a very similar process when I returned to it and the destruction and service grandmothers just, it felt like they were just lined up and they were like, okay, we're just going to come through one by one. And yeah, usually I would feel the identity of them um, first. And then as I sat with them, it would be through feelings that I would start to understand their theme. I mean, this deck is really about being present with your feelings and not running away from them, mm -hmm. feeling held in those loving arms so that you can witness whatever it is you're experiencing. Yeah. So in the process of sitting with them, that's when sort of the poetry component would come through as well. Yeah. I mean, the poetry actually came through in a couple of days for most of them. Um, oh. So this was uh, the process of making this deck and collaborating with Marty actually took a while. I mean, we first talked mm -hmm. at the beginning of 2021 and it took, it was probably close to a year. Would you, wouldn't you say Marty, before you started doing art? And yeah. so that gave me time to finish identifying the grandmothers. And then when I realized they each had a haiku that came through in a matter of days for most of them. And then I also did some concepting of the art to give her so that, uh, since I had already connected with so many of them, mm -hmm. I, I can let you talk about this part, Marty. I'm oh, well, so first much. I just wanted to say it was just like, to give you an example of like working with Kara, like one day she's like, she felt like you know the haiku like birth and then it was literally a day later and she's like I'm all done I'm like I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's just like 
it just like it just like comes through her and it's yeah. so beautiful and so amazing and I'm just like wow like I just got <laughs> showered and you wrote all these poems <laughs> I love it yeah this is amazing but oh, um, thank you yeah, how did you connect with the art and the grandmotherness of that, like in collaboration? Since it wasn't like your first original deck, mm-hmm. it it was from you entirely in this mm-hmm. collaboration. Collaboration, how were you able to, I guess, like reverse connect essentially, since it was someone else's thoughts yeah. kind of coming up first? Yeah, so it actually um, took a lot of different phases, and I think a reason maybe why it took us so long to start was because also like I also felt like this hesitation of not really knowing how to do that because Mm -hmm. it is totally like these very specific entities that are coming through Kara Mm -hmm. and I'm just looking at my thing and I and her writing is beautiful and I could feel it Mm -hmm. but even if I can feel all of that powerful energy I still don't know what the visualization you know for her like what she would want Mm -hmm. So I did spend a lot of time with the original Song of the Grandmother's deck with Mm -hmm. the photos. And I have to say, if you ever get a chance to see it in person, like she took these photo images and like just the compositions of them, Mm -hmm. like they make you cry. Like, I don't even know. I've never seen any other photo oracle deck do that. Um, so I felt intimidated. I'm like, how in the heck am I going to do this photo? Or like, like this you know, is already great. <laughs> level of this photo. Like I can't, like I couldn't. So I, I really struggled. And for a while, I worried that I wouldn't be able to do it. And mm-hmm. I finally sat with my feelings and kind of under better understood. Cause at first I was just doubting. And, um, and cause I also did graphic design before I did any of this work. And it's, it's, you know, you get clients where sometimes you just can't, you know, the communication. So I told Carol, like, we, you know, the more communication, the better. Yeah. Even if you can be very specific, because like, even with graphic design, you can get very specific, like details. And I know there's a word for it professionally, but anyway, she did this incredible job of going through every single one providing reference photos talking about how she envisions it and she's so detailed and amazing (laughs) and just like it was just like I it was I don't know how to describe it it was very (laughs) satisfying to know and the fact that we had honest open communication with each other all the time yeah really how it's like you're building a relationship with each other. That's not just about like it going through similar experiences. You're going through the same experience and you both have this interest in creating the coolest, most beautiful thing that you can. And it's so mm-hmm. awesome to know that like that can deepen a relationship so much. And you're just yeah. like, yeah, we get each other. Like, you well, yeah. Magic, yeah, I feel like the magical part was when like I finally started trying and then she just like started loving them all. And I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> well, you know, like, like the fact, not just loving them, but that she was able to connect with them and have like, she's the one saying, you know, this matches with what I got in here. Yeah, you know? totally. Right, which is right. so but meaningful. That could happen. Like I was blown away and I'm, ex- I don't know, it just made me really excited. Do you remember the first one that you illustrated? Like which uh, card came first? I remember. <laughs> wait, wait, I mean, I oh. just because it was so exciting to start to see it come to life. The, yeah, spiral, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's so like, great. It's like a fern that is this yeah. really beautiful oh, yes. kind of watercolor vibe. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love a fiddle leaf or like the fiddlehead yes, part of that's a fern. What it's called. just so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one stood stu- stood out to me. Jesus Christ, I can't talk. That one stood <laughs> out to me as just being really, really visually like drawing me in so much that mm-hmm. that's cool that it's kind of the first one because it must have been just blown open when you saw that. You're like, <laughs> oh, this is real. We're yeah. doing it. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I would get pictures or get the art from her sort of in batches, and I would just cry and be like, oh my gosh, this is real. It's happening because. Like I said, I feel like the art does so it does such an important job of helping people to feel something and yeah. and it opens the interpretation to a lot of different mm-hmm. situations. Yeah, absolutely. 
the one cute thing I I kind of reflected on. So I read like the intro. And when you'd said like, oh, the crocodile was like, you know, like smiling, kind of taunting, but like, just kind of like <laughs> stalking you. And then I look at the crocodile that Mari created and it is smiling. Like, yep. I was like, she was able, <laughs> that she was able to like convey. That, yeah. was that was like on her details though, like what she envisioned. Like that, I'm saying the deep, like she provided. <laughs> but for me, as yeah. like a crocodile smiling. It would have been like from Peter Pan where the, when the crocodile's like in the water, like, yes, I'm going to eat, you know, Captain Hook or whatever. It wouldn't be like a cute little dainty smile. So, yeah. so I think it's like you said, the communication balance not really well between the, the art and like the conceptual feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And if I could just add, there are also so many cards where, I mean, Marty speaks in in art in a much deeper mm -hmm. way than I do. I'm not an artist in that way. And there are so many cards where she would add things that I hadn't thought of, mm. or she would enhance even something that seems simple as like the background of the art, mm -hmm. the way that she would do the brush strokes or the tones that she would use. And it elevated it so much. I yeah. mean, like, for, like one example, I, oh, go ahead. I'm looking at raindrops and the way that the rainbow reflects the raindrops is, was mind blowing to me. I was like, <laughs> Marty, like this is, this is amazing. Like, light refraction. <laughs> well, because like whenever people just do raindrops, it's like little blue teardrop, you know, perfect little raindrops, but this actually has like depth and feeling to it that is not has not been conveyed in my opinion and I love rain like rain's like my favorite so mm. I'm just like oh my gosh this is so amazing so that for me when you said that I was like it's the rain job card, it's the rain job card. <laughs> I love that no there's there's so many and even as we got towards the end one thing that is really neat about working with an artist who is so um, dedicated and diligent. And like, like you said, Holly wants it to be the best it can be. And so there were cards at the end where she was like, Oh, I feel like this could be even better. And it could have this. And I was like, well, I love it. And then she would show me what she did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how could it <laughs> you even were be right. cooler? <laughs> yeah. You were totally right. <laughs> yeah. And that's well, I think that. One of the cards with a background that I found really, really cool was the grandmother lavender, because I think that yeah. the like morning sunshine component mm -hmm. of having all of the, oh, I forgot that my background is blurred. So you might not be able to <laughs> see it. Ah, the, um, the morning light, the sh like shafts of light is just like so beautiful. And <laughs> in a card that is kind of about like feeling balance and seeking what's right for you. It feels like hopeful because of the dawn. Mm -hmm. There you go. Thanks, Esther. I guess You're I could welcome. just unblur, your, unblur my background, but then you'll have to see my uh, messy coffee bar that's behind me. Oh, <laughs> it's eclectic. It's but also messy. my boob mug collection. I have like a whole <laughs> bunch of mugs with boobs on them. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, it's really interesting to see both of those things. So it seems like there was kind of a back and forth ultimately, like as you all, as you sort of got more comfortable with, each other maybe, or just with like mm -hmm. understanding how the process was going. It seems like you could go back and forth about like, in addition to the list that you provided. <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah. everything else too. Well, and I will oh. say too, that, um, you know, Marty mentioned working through some of her own doubts early on, and that was mm -hmm. absolutely something I had to do as well. I've been thinking about it a lot for this book that I'm writing. Um, and, you know, with the Prairie Deck, Amy and I both showed up with very specific roles and we both needed each other. I, yeah. I'm not an artist. She's not a writer in that way. Like we both needed each other to make the deck. And with Marty, like we've all seen, she can create the beautiful art. She can write the beautiful mm -hmm. words. She can do all of it. And so there were some insecurities for me that I wasn't expecting to kind of come mm. up as we were working where I thought, oh my gosh, I really need her, but she doesn't need me to go create a project. And that was mm. such a beautiful gift of our friendship to feel like I could speak that and I yeah. could give voice to that. Yeah. And I could feel, feel her saying, but like really encouraging me and like what you're bringing is really beautiful and it's touching me. And it really stood out to me that in this project, I still had to show up and use my gifts like I had with Amy, but this time I had to believe that it was enough. Mm. With Amy, I didn't doubt it because we were both like, I need you, you need me. We have to do yeah, this. Yeah, totally. Right, right. So I think just in keeping with the grandmother energy, it was like, we were both kind of grandmothering ourselves and each other yeah. through the process mm -hmm. of like loving ourselves through the, the doubts and the insecurities that came up. That is such an interesting point. Cause you're totally, it's like a growth process in addition to, cause it seems, it doesn't seem like it comes like 
easily. Like, obviously you're having to meditate on this stuff and really focus on it for you, but it does come so naturally to mm-hmm. you that it's hard to imagine you doubting yourself. But of oh, course, if you're so in news, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your Kickstarter campaign was phenomenally successful with this one. So you, yeah. hopefully some of your doubts have been erased in terms of like public support even, but yeah, <laughs> it's always, I mean, every single experience is going to be a growth opportunity if you let it be and being able to work with somebody that you can express like deeper feelings of anxiety and insecurity is so helpful because I think that a lot of the times we just try to put on the like most Mm -hmm. capable face and it doesn't, Mm -hmm. that doesn't allow for us to have growth the same way as if we're able to put words to more of the like anxiety stuff. Yes. And I think that's really a testament to who Marty is and the energy that she brings. I felt like almost like it was like a magnet sometimes. (laughs) Like I couldn't be anything but vulnerable, Mm. honest, true. And, and I strive to be those things anyway, but you're right. There are times when it's easy to put on that mask of confidence when you don't feel it. And yeah. I feel like with Marty, I never, i never felt like I needed to, because I knew that if I showed her my, my stuff underneath, it would be met with compassion. Yeah. With a lot. Yeah. Which is also grandmother energy, right? Like that's kind of for what sure. we're going for with all of these things is the compassion, especially self-compassion. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I just realized you all have headphones and I don't. Is it gonna mess up the no, it'll no, be it's fine. fine. Yeah, because Zoom I think mutes it on your end. So we're yeah. there's no echo at all. You're yeah, fine. But I'm gonna go get mine real quick too, just just, <laughs> just okay. to be safe. You should you should be okay though. Your pajamas are fine. so cute. I know they look so cozy. <laughs> her they whole so vibe cozy. is just fantastic. Her I know. Place, I wanna her go outfit. I'm gonna go visit her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sleep in her cabin. <laughs> Marty, we're just planning a trip to your house. Yeah. yeah. We're doing a retreat. Come. <laughs> Esther's moving back to the United States or to North America. So to North America. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's it's a big true. step. Oh, look at the plants. Oh. <laughs> I have to find Sorry. I'm nosy. <laughs> the background, I'm gonna look at it. <laughs> Esther has one direction that sometimes we record from where you can see a bunch of reptile cages. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Not yeah, anymore. Has been removed. Oh, dang. I was but... like, can I request that for next time? Because I would love to see them. <laughs> no, because uh, because by this weekend my ex will be removing them. So okay. So they yeah, were his to begin with. They were his to begin with. And I'm like, come and get them before Christmas. I'm moving. I'm not really moving, but I just want them out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I give him a timeline, he'll come get him. So <laughs> I think that it, it, this is like, but we've talked about this on the podcast so much, but this has oh, been yeah. a crazy year of growth for Esther. And I think that like this sort of tool is just, oh yeah. The so energy. good for you. Like you need yeah. somebody to hold you like gently yeah. and push you. That's, yeah. Cause that's what I was going to say about this deck. It's such like a, like a very cozy deck, like a very like home giving deck like I don't really connect very well with mother energy because I've really never wanted to be a mom mm-hmm. <laughs> and really I, I hate to say that but like a grandmother or a cool aunt is the energy that I love <laughs> you know like you know where it's like and it's, it's not the mom it's the it's the it's the mom for the day that can send the kids mm-hmm. home you know that's that's comforting yeah. for that moment and then like you you get to be another personality for another day you know, and I think that's why I maybe connect with the grandmother energy more than the, like the direct motherly energy, because mm-hmm. that's how I like to relate to things kind of from a distance and kind of like feeding you from that, like that, that motherly energy from a distance, but that it can transform and like move. And it's not always constant. I, that, is that a read on myself? Probably, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I, I've been able to connect with like the grandmother energy much quicker which surprised me that I have any other kind of like mother deck. Cause for some reason I'm re- very resistant. Maybe that's like something I need to work on, but, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it's just, it's just very like, I mean, I, on any kind of deck, I always have like 4 billion cards, but especially like the destructive grandmother. Yeah. I have so many destructive grandmother cards and like, cause I always have cards here for like prompts, like, Oh, let's talk about the, you know, grandmother turtle. Let's talk about grandmother orange. And I'm like, I'm looking here. I'm like, I have lots of destructive grandmothers here. That's like- yeah. <laughs> such a good category I love yeah. the art in that category is among my so favorite good. yeah seriously I think maybe after my whole year of like destruction I can really connect with that immediately <laughs> and like be like okay grow the volcano change got it and also I just love like 
weather and yeah like stuff like that anyway like animals cute I, I love all animals immediately but there's just something about like having a desert there that's about exposure or the earthquake that's about friction mm-hmm. there's a card about friction in this deck you know yeah. it involves an earthquake yeah. you know I just think it's it's just very not only I don't want to say like creative but it's very intentional about not only using the cute and cuddly things of the world that we automatically connect with like you know plants animals you know bodies Mm -hmm. of water trees things like that we we also have these energies that are destructive but beautiful and necessary for our earth to you know just like forest fires are kind of necessary for certain things to take place in ecology yeah so i just think that's really cool for you to have like been inspired that way and for Mari's art to come out and bring just beautiful images to these like these very the destructive yeah things. you're just very attracted to the destruction section I yes. know they're so Let's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the earthquake one as one of my favorites because I just I mean it's just it's you know there's poppy it's California yeah I realized that a bunch of my favorites are very like local like feel very mm-hmm. local to me like yeah. the citrus thing I live in a citrus yeah, region citrus. And my backyard right now, it's citrus season. And my backyard is filled with all of these like ripening oranges and lemons and stuff. And the citrus vibe, grandmother orange is about cheer. And I really (laughs) am realizing like, yeah, everywhere I've gone for the last like three weeks, I brought a basket of citrus to people's houses. I'm like, here, (laughs) have some citrus. Like I'll never be able to go through it. And even just cutting open an orange, I feel so cheerful from it. And I never really considered leaning into that metaphorically like it's always Mm -hmm. been very literal and I like that this car or this deck has so many cards that take those sort of like tangible things that we experience like earthquakes or cutting open an orange or whatever and add this guidance to it that's really (laughs) like I guess caring and not just like oranges are bright and sweet it's like very much like (laughs) they give you vitamin c yeah exactly (laughs) this is an it's like so much more I guess like thought provoking to be thinking about like encouragement yeah. and like bringing light into the world rather than just like, <laughs> here's a beautiful orange. Oh, I love that you, I love that you mentioned that card because that was actually, that card was a puzzle and it really went oh. against the grain. Um, so for so many of them, I would often perceive who they were first or maybe okay. be in, in connection with their vibe, their feeling. Um, but in my original deck, that was actually grandmother citrine. And I thought grandmother citrine would be that energy for this deck. And, you know, when I was making my very detailed art slides, (laughs) I could not come up with what to put for citrine. I was so totally stumped. And then Marty said, well, maybe I have an idea. Let me go play with it. And she was like, nope, that's not working out. (laughs) So I went back and tried again. And I'm like, I cannot figure out the art. And then I thought, wait a minute, because it normally flows so easily when I'm in that pocket, Mm -hmm. that was my signal that that wasn't the right the right face. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what I started to appreciate as I worked through all of this, I mean, that all of this grandmother energy is just like this, this diamond of great mother love or this, you know, central intelligent, conscious, loving source. And that each of these grandmothers is just like a facet of that. We're just seeing oh, a fan of the grandmother. And so what I started to realize is wait, grandmother citrine was representing this energy of cheer and encouragement, but she's not the only one. And she just was like, I don't really want to be the cover child for this or the the poster child for this. And so as I thought about it, I'm like, who are you? Who wants to be the face? And I just felt this orange. And then it felt like such a great metaphor because oranges are something you can open and you can share. You can share them very easily. And you're right. When we smell them, we feel that kind of uplifting of our spirits. Mm Yeah. And I've been saying this to people a lot recently when I do readings, especially if there's someone who hasn't used cards before, or if they feel a little bit nervous or unsure what I'm doing. And so I try to remind them that we all have the experience of like walking outside and seeing something in nature or yeah, picking up an orange and smelling it. It changes something in you. You do mm. feel something. And so these cards are just simply me trying to really tap into that and put words to it so that you can pull a card that evokes that same feeling, even when you're not out in a citrus grove. Right. But, totally. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, like, absolutely. we all know how to do that. Yeah. This is just a tool to help you like drill into it in the middle of the night when you like, you need to see a zebra yeah. here. She is, you know, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's sort of that conduit to get you to that, that, 
that feeling point thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is a deck about emotions and it's about moving through a cycle of personal development with compassion for yourself and learning how to hold that same kind of emotional stability and maturity that an ideal human grandmother would hold. Yeah. Who has this lived experience and is able to say, yeah, I have room to hold all of that on my lap and I can sit with it. Even just what you said about the multifaceted, like, you know, ball is so helpful with considering grandmother energy in a way that I haven't before. Like the words you just used, I was like, oh, I like that. (laughs) Like, I'm going to have to think more about that. Because I do think that it's like, it's not that they're all separate grandmothers. It's that it's part of the same collective grandmother energy, Mm -hmm. which obviously Mm -hmm. we've talked about already, but it just, I don't know. I just think that it's so interesting to visualize it in that way. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I feel like this deck really helped me to understand grandmother energy. It's not about age or gender. It's not about, Mm -hmm. you know, having that specific relationship with an elder because sometimes it's my five-year-old who's bringing me the grandmother Mm -hmm. energy because she's able to have that compassion or that capacity in the moment. And I think it really opens our minds to what we can hold for other people in our life, regardless of whether we've chosen to become a literal child bearer or not, or whether mm-hmm. whatever our age is, we can all access that and we can embody it and share it with the people in our lives. We can grandmother each other. And I think that that's so needed with everything yeah, happening in the world. Totally. And we've always sort of frameworked that for our, Esther and I have always sort of frameworked that for ourselves as the cool aunt or cool big sister thing mm-hmm, that we've talked yeah. about. But even like in my day job as an academic advisor, a lot of it, it feels like the difference between me and some of the other people that I like some colleagues who are maybe a little bit more, I guess, rule following or like more structured in their thought processes is that like, I really do see it as compassion and teaching self-compassion is like my life's mission. Like I want students to give themselves compassion every, with every interaction that I have with them. I want them to feel, to leave feeling a little bit more seen, a little bit more understood. And like, they can give themselves a little bit more of a break. And so I think that having sort of this idea framework for the grandmother energy is also really helpful in that and just sort of identifying it and putting it into words and more than just like, I always joke that like 60% of my job is just telling people that they're going to be okay, but having (laughs) it sort of more frameworked as like my mission in life is to increase people's ability to be compassionate towards themselves. If that's how I feel that this gives me like a framework for expressing that in a way that makes more sense than just being like, I'm like a cheerleader. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, you got this. (laughs) I love that so much. I think that's a beautiful life mission to have. And I have no doubt you're achieving it. Well, thank you. Sometimes I'll get emails where I'm like, I'm saving this to read this back later when I'm feeling (laughs) like I'm not as successful (laughs) at making people feel good about stuff. (laughs) I'm like, you have to remind yourself of this. Right. Well, and I think we all, I think we all need that. I don't know anybody that feels like they've got that buttoned up and don't ever need to be reminded again. Well, and I think this is like so unrelated to this deck, but I think about it a lot in the terms of my job, because I work traditionally, I mean, traditionally age college students are 18 to like 23 and people have a lot of opinions about 18 to 23 year olds. When we were 18 to 23, people had a lot of opinions about us. And it's hard to be that age because you've always had so much structure and now you have less structure. And a lot of our students are feeling like incapable of making decisions, which makes their elders, like their family members or the community or whatever, feel like they're being lazy or like unwilling Mm -hmm. to make decisions. And I'm recognizing more and more that all of it is based on fear. And that when you go through a traditional K through 12 experience or just growing up in general, you face ramifications for mistakes. Mm -hmm. And then once you are an adult and we're expecting you to make your own decisions, making decisions that you are worried about being incorrect about, you're scared that someone's going to be mad at you or you're going to get in trouble. And it's like a lot of the time, something where there's no black or white answer. Like you really do have to decide if you want to do X, Y, or Z. And the reason that they're not comfortable with making decisions is fear. And I feel like that's something that is especially lately, like just after the, like with the pandemic, even just like the last six years or Mm -hmm. eight years or whatever, it's just like the rising, I don't know, fascism, (laughs) like awareness of the fascism in the country. It's like, people are scared of making decisions. And the more that we kind of like put all of these restrictions on people, the more that they feel like if they do it wrong, they're going to get in trouble. And I feel like all of us could use a reminder that we have this 
force within us and within our world that we can draw on for help with the decision-making that maybe will make us more confident in those decisions and less worried about getting in trouble. Like my friend, Sarah's therapist told her in premarital counseling, you're an adult, you can't get in trouble. Like you, you know, (laughs) no one can be mad. They might be annoyed, but you're not actually getting in trouble for decisions that you make. And I think about that a lot because I just think people are really scared of getting in trouble for decisions they're making and having some sort of guidance with this grandmother energy to draw on seems like it is helpful with people understanding that there's not really, that fear is part of it, but that's like, mm-hmm. you need the fear for the growth, but you mm-hmm. have to get to the point where you're able to make the decision rather than just letting fear, like not making a decision is a decision still also. You can't let fear like right. get totally in the way. Well, and I think too that some like there's nobody who's really in that elder capacity in our world right now that has mm-hmm. been through what we've been through. I mean, right. regardless of people's ages, we're all going through things and having to make choices. And there isn't really um, an external authority figure that's like, oh, I've been through this pandemic. Yeah, this is I what know you need exactly to do. Or, we're going through. <laughs> right. And so I think, you know, for everybody, there's been so much fear around all these different mazes of decisions that we're all yeah. making all the time. All and the time. That, Minor, major, all of it. (laughs) Yes. And that sometimes, um, at least for me, the way that I use these cards the most is when I'm trying to connect with that innate knowing that I have. Right. And I need this. It's it's like I have these grandmothers around saying like, yes, you're going to be able to do it. And here's some advice for stuff that you could peel off or that you could sit with or that you could move through in order to access that that answer that you have inside. I had like, um, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say um, in my early version of the deck, one of the people who bought it said that it felt like there was a circle of grandmothers standing around her when she would pull <laughs> yeah, and she I would pull that. a card and that grandmother would just walk forward with a message. Wow. And I've always held that image because it's so comforting to think of like you're in a council. Yeah. Um, yeah. These, yeah. These wise beings that can actually give you advice and can actually mother you and grandmother you through mm-hmm. the really difficult stuff we're all facing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just nonstop. And we have to make so many decisions all the time. And you're right. No, but there's not like we all, I think that people are attracted to stuff like the um, Lord of the Rings show that was just on, because there is sort of this component of the wise elves who sort mm-hmm. of know what's going to happen and they can like be there to guide you and stuff. And nobody really gets that, especially now. Like there's just, mm-hmm. you're right. Nobody, we're all trying to get through things that no living person has gone through in the same way. And it's just like trying our best. We just have to figure out ways to be compassionate towards each other. And I think that like grandmothering is the way to go. And I had, I I mean, I grew up with two living grandparents or two living grandmothers in my life. And one of them is still around, which is awesome. She's turning 92 in like two months. Um, But she and my other grandmother were such like my other literal grandmother were such different women and neither of them were particularly nurturing. (laughs) (laughs) but I have an incredibly nurturing mother and my living grandmother is so cool. I have lunch with her once a month, her and my great aunt. I have lunch with her once a month. I'd like skip work to go hang out with her. And I have for years, Esther, Brenda, my boss, if you're listening to this, you didn't hear that at all. (laughs) I do. I take time, but it's just lunch, but no, it's been so interesting to like hear these. Cause even though they haven't they, I, one of the conversations that we've had with, that I've had with them that I find so interesting is specifically about like birth control. Like they both got married when that was illegal in a lot of places. My aunt lived in Italy when she first got married and her mother had to like sneak birth control in because Italy was a Catholic country and it was just fully illegal. And the conversations that we can have with our elders about those choices, choices surrounding whether or not to start that kind of a family with biological children is something that they didn't even get to have with their elders because it just was a foregone conclusion. And then I am child-free and Esther is too. And my grand, my great aunt was like, that was not even, I didn't even know that was an option. That was not something that ever crossed my mind. And so getting to have literal experiences with elders is so nice to talk about like life stuff, but also not everyone has access to that. And so having to turn inwards because we know those things, we can get there mm-hmm. in our own sense of knowing, like you said, but we have to know tools to do that. <laughs> right. And I would offer that there is a wise elf that you can go to for answers, but mm-hmm. 
they live inside of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you are the wise elf. And these yeah. grandmothers are like, let's hold up the mirror so that you can see. Yeah. You are the one. It's there. Yeah, exactly. You don't you just have, have to, to trust find it and find it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. an external counsel. Yes. I, I do think that a lot of people, and we talk about this with, like, even with people who send in questions for the podcast, a lot of the times mm-hmm. people just want someone else to tell them what to do, mm-hmm. which I think is a really natural instinct. And I think that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons that we can sometimes feel drawn to tarot is that it's like, or tarot or oracles is that it's like something additional to help us with that conversation. <laughs> but right. ultimately you have to be able to tap into your inner inner elf, your inner wise elf. <laughs> right. Well, and I've, I did a lot of readings this, um, recently with all the different holiday markets and things. And oh, yeah. I've noticed recently an even stronger pattern of a lot of people wanting me to read something predictive in the cards mm. and have like, what is this telling me to do? And I mm. I've started needing to say like, the cards can't tell you that, that I don't read cards that way. I don't create decks that way. These are really self-reflection tools. This is right. like, are you willing to reflect and do the homework and sit with it? And that's not easy. And I think when, when you're willing to take a deep look at that, then these decks can be a really supportive tool, but they're not going to be like, yes, Telling that's the you. right choice that you, <laughs> yeah, should, you know, exactly. with maybe like one exception. I feel like grandmother Bumblebee is the one exception to that rule because <laughs> really? her energy is so specific and clear of everybody in the deck. Hers was like, when I show up, it means cut it out and move on. Like it was like, this is unequivocal. There's not any beating around the bush. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I love when she shows up because I'm like, I don't have to interpret this. I know what you're saying. Yeah. When you do readings at events, do you use your own decks or do you use other people's yeah. decks? Oh, I don't read with anybody else's decks. That oh would my gosh, how so cool. much. So I just read with Prairie and the grandmothers and they're amazing together. I feel yeah. like they're such a... I can't really read for people with only one of them anymore because they, they complement each other. So well. I feel like the Prairie deck is energetically. It's like each card is a doorway and the verb on the card and the question, if you sit with it and you open that door, it's like, you're going into something new. Whereas the grandmothers, we've got a noun and we've got a haiku that gives you a feeling state. And the grandmothers are saying, we're in that room you just walked into. And we're asking you not to run away from whatever you find in that room cool. So they're, they're really cool together. It gives a lot yeah. of possibilities. I, yeah. It's also neat to think about people who maybe are less exposed to Oracle decks being at an event and then seeing mm-hmm. this like very cool woman with decks that she created <laughs> that are not what you would n- necessarily expect from right. like an event reading. It just seems like it would be, it could be so like transformational for people to yeah. encounter you. <laughs> well, and it was interesting at one of the events I actually did, um, I think like five different sessions in a row that were mothers and daughters. Like, I think I read for five different mother daughter pairs. And then one even had a grandmother. So it was like three generations. Wow. And I used these decks. And for a lot of them, it was a brand new experience. And that was fascinating to observe these different generations and the way that there was similarities in the yeah. cards that showed up. Like you could start to notice these patterns. Um, and then just the habits of their family and, Anyway, I I love reading for people. I feel like it's an education in human behavior and Absolutely. it gives me so much uh, <laughs> compassion and it helps me understand the cards better. And it's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do. <laughs> yeah, I've still never done. I mean, I, I guess publicly is sort of like a question because I do it publicly in uh, audio format, but I've still never gone to an event to read mm-hmm. in that way. Like I've done some virtual stuff, but never in yeah. person. It seems like that could be I mean, with friends, but not to the public. Mm-hmm. It seems like that could be really eye-opening. There's a learning curve. To the context. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> there's, I mean, I'm still getting staring stretched at you. all the time. <laughs> yeah, and and just that I I notice that there's different kind of archetypes of types of people that come to get a reading from me and I can start start to notice those patterns and it helps me adjust. Yeah. I really, I really, it's so important to me that I meet people where they're at and that I'm not offering a system that inherently judges them because that's Mm -hmm. so abhorrent to me from what I went through in childhood. So it's, I feel like it develops a lot more, um, compassion and non-judgment in me to get to witness all these situations. We're like, this is not dogmatic. Like don't let your brain think that it is. Right. Right. (laughs) And the more people we can tell that to, I think that uh, like, even though tarot feels like more and more people are comfortable with it, like it's not quite as like unknown. I still feel like 
it's easy, especially for young people who are only getting information from just the internet. There are people who still want it to be really dogmatic. Mm-hmm. And if you're like 17 and trying this and you just follow TikTok tarot readers and sometimes you're like, <laughs> wow, there are all these rules that I should be following and I'm doing it wrong. And that's one of the yeah. things that we get questions about all the time is like, I feel like I'm doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, yeah. it's like explore within yourself. Right. It's there. You just have to listen for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and that there's no rules really. I mean, I like to say you can't really screw it up. <laughs> this is, this is all you like you're yeah. connecting right. with your own wisdom and yeah. Yeah. There's not a wrong or right way to do it. It's just about following your nudges and listening. Yeah. To yeah. But exactly. I think that that's also something that I don't know if I've always been, I feel like that's something that you have to really grow into. You have to develop mm-hmm. the ability to listen to those nudges. And I think for some people, like we interviewed Claire Goodchild, um, from black and the moon about her seances book. And mm-hmm. she's somebody who's always been really in touch with her nudges. Like even as a small child, she was like very aware of, her brushes with sort of like external forces and stuff like that. And I think that for some people it just comes really easily, really young and other people have to really, really work at figuring out how to feel that and like where to go to find it and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm more in that camp than, I mean, I've always been an emotionally sensitive person and aware, but uh, it's taken a lot of practice and just putting it into real lived choices. Right. Okay. I get this nudge am I going to ignore it or I'm going to act on it? And the more that I do that, I feel like it's just like exercising that muscle. And then you, yeah. can, it gets stronger. I think that for me, a huge turning point was my two of swords year where I was pulling two of mm. swords, like constantly every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. And it was because I wasn't listening to myself and I was trying to like overpower my nudges to like do what I thought was the right thing. And it wow. just wasn't working. And I was like, you know what, after like it wasn't even a whole year. It was probably like three months, but I'll just never forget that feeling of being like, no, Holly, you have to stay in this job. It'll look really bad. If you leave, you've only been in it for eight months. Like you Mm -hmm. need to stay. And every single part of my inner knowing was saying, get out of here. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. It's also like, yeah, 27 year old Holly was like a little bit more resistant to that. Now I've been in the same job since leaving that job for like six years. So it really didn't end up making me look bad in the long run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But even Esther with you, like thinking about moving back to the U S it was like, that's obviously a fraught thing where you have inner knowing about what's best for you and what that would look like. And yeah. And sometimes governments conspire against people. <laughs> it it's really hard yeah. to stick around. Yeah. Sometimes everything is just like, uh, I've people like, it's a conversation that happens a lot. Like, because I had planned to stay here long-term, like this was long-term plan. And it's, you know, there are, are definite avenues I could continue, but it's just, I'm tired of resisting and it's like, me forcing it. it kind of like you're fitting like that you know round peg into a square hole or square peg into a round hole whatever the metaphor is you know and sometimes you just need to stop resisting and just allow whatever to happen to happen yeah mm-hmm. I think that's why that's like the advice that everyone gives you when you're about to turn 30 they're like you're gonna love being in your 30s you know yourself so much better now And I feel like I wish that that was something that people could also experience before they're 30. (laughs) How do we make sure that people who are in their twenties or their teens feel like they have some sense of internal knowing also? I think maybe it's just like the thing we all have to go through, but it's Mm -hmm. true. Like it's very nice to be moved uh, beyond it. uh, Via some research that's been coming to light for me, it's also has to deal with women's, specifically like women's brain chemistry the way that things interact that's why that feeling as you're like going towards 40 you don't you stop caring it's because your actual brain changes and like the hormones that are activated make you not care and I'm like thank you <laughs> I don't as, as 36 I'm getting there I'm like hey, bring him on please I'm, I'm ready for the not caring moments because I've cared way too much in my teens and 20s and early 30s what other people think and I'm ready for like that self-confidence that has existed there but it's always been like pushed down right uh, to kind of exist so I'm thankful but for your like, grandmothers know who you are the grandmothers well and, that, <laughs> and I was thinking that as well as uh Cara was talking about like the grandmothers coming forward is like the the one goddess energy that I've been consistently connecting with 
over the years I just realized was a grandmother goddess energy here in Korea she's huh. she's like like grandmother Mago is what her name is here and like she's like the grandmother mountain she's like the the earth kind of Gaia goddess essentially and so that's been and I was just like oh maybe that's why I also connected this way easier is because I'm that's what I'm used to as that grandmother goddess sort of connection she's she's not a mother she's a literal grandmother here and mm. so it was like oh that's, that's like so that cool. was like a nice moment of me like a light bulb clicking like oh okay that's why <laughs> this deck has been really meaningful to me as I've worked with it is because and that connection is stronger than any like a lot of other decks that come across our path is because I've already kind of been working with it for a while without so. knowing without mm -hmm. knowing exactly it's also so. like in winter there's like kind of that crone energy and so this came <laughs> into our lives in a really good part point for like yeah. I mean crone and like the tr like truest sense of the like wise feeling not just like the scary crown, a real crown. <laughs> but yeah, it's just been, it's been so beautiful to work with. And we're so excited that it went so well on Kickstarter and thank you that there it's just out in the world, but what is next for both of you? I guess I know you're writing a book. <laughs> yep. I'm almost done with it. I'm, I'm really, really close. I, I think I've got, I don't know, just a couple, I have got a couple chapters in flux and then maybe one new one. So it's a, it's the culmination for me of a lot of things. For me, this book is the, like the pinnacle of what I've been working towards because oh. I am a writer first and foremost. I am, you know, words are my preferred medium. And so taking the leap of faith to write this book was only possible for me from all these little baby steps that I've been doing to make these decks. And, you know, when you're doing an Oracle deck, it's so easy to just it's little bite-sized chunks yeah. And, and you're not writing it from a personal lens. You're writing it. Oh, I had this personal experience. How can I expand it and translate it to be universal and objective? Right. And just, whereas with my book, it's like, here's my heart on a platter and mm -hmm. all ah! of it's everything, you know, it's very vulnerable and intimate and um, it's electrifying for me. I'm, I'm having the best time doing it, but I'm also like, oh, right. So many people are going to read this. It's not just me in my basement, <laughs> like typing away all these little amazing things I'm experiencing. I know that's I know. the hardest part about writing is that you're like, someday people are going to see this and right. <laughs> that'll make me feel very nervous. <laughs> but I feel like it's, it's the, it's the type of nerves that are really, really important. Right. It's thrilling. It's totally. thrilling. Yes. I mean, it's the thing that terrifies me more than anything else. And so of course that's what I have to do. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. Yeah. And my kids keep asking me if I'm going to do another Oracle deck and I'm like too soon, too soon. <laughs> but I do, there is one more that I had the idea for when I was working on Prairie Majesty actually. And I've already found an artist for it, but I haven't done anything on it because I'm like, I maybe need a breather. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. let it, let it just marinate for a little while. Right. Exactly. exactly. That's yeah. totally fair. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Mari, do you have anything in the works also? Yeah, I'm working on a companion oracle deck for the Gentle hey, Tarot. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different experience than creating the Gentle Tarot because it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a whole other world. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just enjoying it. I'm going through it yeah. and I'm letting it come. And it feels really good to have the space and just like trust and... I'm really excited. I think yeah. it's gonna, I, I think too. it's also gonna I think it's also gonna really influence the second edition of the Gentle Terror, like eventually. Okay. Or I don't know, I just feel like it's it birthed from the kind of kind of gaps and things that I felt mm -hmm. when creating the tarot deck. Like it just these other levels, these other layers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it's an interesting dance with like just the like as a being you know, mm -hmm. interacting yeah. with it and having other stuff come out. So. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I'm I so excited no to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No the little dates. bit of art you shared is so, so beautiful. I'm, I can't wait to work with it. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. And so, now you've, are, you've already like... done one. So, you know, you know, you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one reason why Holly and I like Oracle decks because some people like really hate on them and we're like the, yeah. the anti-haters because tarot <laughs> we love tarot but it has its limitations because you are like mm -hmm. so specifically like supposed to have like certain archetypes yeah yeah archetypes and things like that so yeah I love it when there's a companion oracle or any kind of oracle because it just it widens the breadth of experience and allows us to ex and have like more options 
for yeah. what we consume. Yeah, and it also just feels like kind of dipping my toes into this other, it's like this creature is just like, <laughs> and I only know like this much of it, you know, which is oh. the recipe part. That's just the recipe mm. part that I know, yeah. but it's like this, it's, it's intense. I yeah. wish people yeah. who are listening could have seen what you just did I, yeah. to demonstrate that creature. <laughs> I know, sort of the floating, expanding, um, growing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> of the universe looming. I think the, the audio noise will probably convey it in some convey way, shape, it. or form. Yeah. We'll connect with that on a deep level, that audio. Yeah. Audio. Right. Well, I'm so excited about both of those yeah. things. And I hope that our listeners who have, you know, all three of the decks that we've talked about, Gentle Tarot, uh, Prayer Majesty and Song of Grand Song of the Grandmothers can find ways to utilize those together. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. yeah. I think that thinking about Prayer Majesty and Song of the Grandmothers, like the way that you described it as reading together seems like such a great idea that I'm gonna go yeah. upstairs and get my Prairie Majesty as soon as cool. I'm gonna just have like my little like little t- deck hoard of gentle tarot and song of grandmother Prairie Majesty, or just kind of like hoard them together for the next couple of weeks and yeah. just kind of dance together because because they're all to me like visually similar enough to where it's not like distracting. Sure. Distracted. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we love mixing decks together anyway. Yes. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we encourage everybody to check out the show notes where everything will be listed and you can find yes, all the links. places to buy all these things. <laughs> yes. And follow them on the social medias and websites and book readings or whatever you want to do. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Thank you.